0: So to thank you guys from... Probably- It's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look out. Amen. Amen. Well, before... Oh, crumbs, I'm loud. Before you go, Chris, it, it's a momentous day today, not just because Wales won, but this fine young man has a birthday. I think, I think we need to sing. I think... Would you stand? Okay. Are are we ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Chris. Happy birthday to you. You have an amazing leader, an amazing leader, and I thank God for bringing him to this nation. So, uh, heaven is most certainly partying over your life today, Chris. Well, it is so exciting to be here. I may be a tad excited after hearing the result. I had no idea. I was like, you know, in rehearsal this morning... When we were rehearsing Up From The Ashes, Hope Will Arise, I was like, Lord, do you mind me prophesying this over the Welsh rugby team? (laughs) Is that heretical? And he said, no, Kath, because this is the promised land. So I said, fine. (laughs) I said, fine, you know. Oh, I am thrilled. I'm so thrilled. And I'm not sure if my husband is, um, you know, faking this illness for the past four weeks just so that he could watch that match this morning. Uh, but anyway, I am so thrilled to be with you here. Um, and uh, this morning, what I'm going to talk to you about is, let me just check this is on. Is it on? Is it on? Mm. I am so, just, I am such a technophobe. Is it on? Is it on? Is it on? There we are. I'm going to talk to you on the theme of voices because in our culture, in our world, there are so many voices that we can listen to. Good voices, bad voices. I mean, you know, we're just surrounded. It's almost like surround sound on a constant basis, whether that be the sound of our friends and family or loved ones or the sound of the enemy or the sound of the flesh. So many voices. And um, I just want to begin um, by just showing you this little silly video. We won't watch all of it. If you can put this on from the back, um, just to start us off. Hi out there, YouTube world. This is Brian Hall, and I just wanted to make this video because last week, thanks to you guys, I hit 100,000 subscribers. Woo-hoo! So, to thank you guys for helping me get there, I'm gonna do a hundred impressions as fast as I can without stoppings. You know, get it hundred, hundred thousand. I'm going to get a timer ready so that I can see how long this takes. Ready? One, two, three, go. Hi there! Naha! I'm Gorge. Now, listen up, squeaky. Oh, Mickey. Woo, woo! Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here. Tell me, my princess. One ring to rule them all. Bring your pretty face to my axe. They've taken the hobbits to gone. Hey, Bobo. Why, Yogi? Get it in. Ha-ha, <laughs> that's my boy. Exit stage left. Hello there, are you happy? You get the idea. It gets worse, guys, I'm telling you. Um... You know, we're surrounded by these voices and I think some voices bring about a great feeling, others not so much. I listened to some of those voices that he did there and it brings back such a feeling of nostalgia for me to like Saturday morning kids TV. You know, we didn't have our own kids channel back there, but there's so many voices that try and grab our attention. And I wanna start off with a little story because a few years ago, Di and I, we were heading to Pembrokeshire, for a little holiday and um, at the time we had a little KA and um, it was very beaten up, it wasn't a great car Um, and as we were travelling there we decided we would go the scenic route. So uh, we went over the mountains and through the valleys, you know, taking this lovely route through our precious Wales and um, as we were going my phone runs out of battery so I don't think much of it and we're heading there having a nice little chat looking forward to our break. And As we are at the precipice of this hill in the Black Mountains, the car breaks down. And I'm thinking, oh, good gosh, no, please, I really need this holiday, Lord God. So I'm thinking, right, I'm going to phone my dad. I'm going to phone my dad. He always has the right answers. So I go to my phone, pick it up. It's run out of battery. So I'm panicking. Davs is panicking. I'm thinking, what do I do? So I say, Davs, have you got battery on your phone? He said, yeah, but there's not much signal. So I pick up his phone, scroll through to Dad, and I call Dad. And I get through, and it's in and out, because we're in the middle of this kind of vast open space. It's very intermittent. I'm like, Dad. And I hear this man's voice on the other end of the phone. and, And it's in and out. And I'm thinking... This is weird, it doesn't sound like, Dad, maybe it's the signal, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure. So I'm like, Dad, I'm, I'm trying to get through to you, but basically we, we, we've, we've, we've lost control of the car at the top of this precipice, and, and I'm trying to cure him, and he's saying something like, try and bump star the car down the hill, and I'm trying to get a hold of what he's saying, and I can't quite with the signal. And all this time I'm thinking, he sounds really strange, Has he had, you know... Weetabix instead of cornflakes for breakfast. And I'm just a bit confused and I'm not really sure what's going on. Anyway, he tells, I think I managed to get a hold of, bumpstart the car down the hill. So get off the phone, tell Dav's what he said. We managed to bumpstart the car and off we go to Pembrokeshire. And as we are going, I'm sitting there and I'm processing and I'm thinking, he really didn't sound like himself this morning. And then he, it hits me. I rang Dad off Di's phone. So the whole time, I had been talking to my father-in-law. And it was like at that moment, at that moment, it was like the Holy Spirit said something to me, Kath, it is so important that you know how to discern my voice, the Father's voice in your life. I wonder, do you recognize the voice of God? Because He is a God who is alive and a God who speaks to us. Do you stop long enough to listen to Him? So that when these other voices come and they don't sound that familiar, but there's something about them that's giving you maybe a little bit of good of advice, you take it on board. You know, as I journey through this journey of faith, I think one of the biggest battles that we face is whose voice are we going to listen to? And whose voice defines you? Because this is just something I've been thinking recently. The voice you listen to is the voice that defines you. And as we look in Scripture now in a moment, there are so many voices that try and pull people, our ancestors in Scripture, away from the voice of God. And this happens today, too, in our culture and our world. And um, the first voices that are recognized in Scripture um, that I've got this morning is on the next slide. Voices that question. And this starts to happen right from the beginning of Scripture. Because in the Garden of Eden, there was complete unity, complete harmony. Everything is perfect, but it all goes wrong at what point? It's when another voice comes in to the picture. Let's take a look at what it says in Genesis the serpent said that voice of an enemy ripples throughout generations to our day to day where he tries to come in with a voice that says did God really say and I love this quote the next slide The root of all evil is the suspicion that God is not good. This voice comes into the center of Eden and it questions the voice of the goodness of God. It's almost like the voice of God is speaking goodness and life. And this other voice comes to compromise that and slide suspicion across the table. And Adam and Eve take a hold of suspicion. I wonder, are you listening to the wrong voice this morning? Are you listening to the voice that says, did God really say. Let's read on in that scripture. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and the wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid from him among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you? That you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? They made coverings for themselves. Do you know why? Because at this point in the story, if we can have the next slide, shame and fear is what they step into agreement with. And when we step into agreement with the wrong voice, there's a disconnect between the voice of heaven and our hearts. But you know, every single day, just like God did in that garden, he comes running after us and he says, where are you? Because he pursues us in love. Every single day with a voice that says, I lavish my love upon you. And even more, now in this day under the new covenant. Let's not agree anymore with shame and fear. But step up and align with truth. Even when it feels like shame and truth are battering us down so hard. Let's take our stand. And look to the God who pursues us. Where are you, Cass? You know, I've got a little nephew and I adore him and I look after him every Wednesday night. And um, in my house, (laughs) in my utility room, I've cleared a wall because Reese, my nephew, loves to paint. And um, what Davs and I have done, because we want to nurture creativity in him, because we're so passionate about creativity, we've decided to call the utility room Rhys Jensen's Art Gallery of Wales. So you walk into our utility room, and there's just this, like, plethora of paintings, and when he's over our house and we have visitors, Rhys will greet you at the door, and he will say, I need to take you to the best room in the house, and he will escort you. To the utility room, and he will say, in these words, may I present you to Rhys Jensen's Museum of Wales. It's an art museum, by the way. And people come and they encourage him, and oh, you know, you know, that's amazing. Rhys he's only like five years old, six years old. And he'll stand there and he'll say, Well, my auntie Cass and Uncle Di do say that I am the best artist in Wales. <laughs> <laughs> And you know, when I I love that he says it all the time. He's got like this little script that he does. And it just makes me think of this story because if one day Reese came to me and said, Auntie Kath, I'm I'm the worst artist, I would go to him as an auntie who adores him, and I would say, Who told you? Just like the father does. Who told you? Who stole? Who stole that voice that just speaks value and affection and love, where it was just you connected to a voice that defined affirmation within you? I think this moment in the garden is a first glimpse at insecurity. Again, it's because they are coming into agreement with shame and fear. What is insecurity? I think it's summed up in the word itself. It's looking inside for security rather than looking up. To a God whose ways and thoughts are much higher. Are there voices in your life that have become so much of the narrative that fear and shame is what is controlling your narrative. This morning, we're going to take a stand to realign with a God who would come to you and say, who told you? With a God who would come to you and who would say, where are you? Voices that question, and how do you know, sometimes in our world, I think when, when, when lies are repeated so much within our heart, they become our truth. Don't they? So how then, when we're in that moment where we've listened to these lies for so long, do we know the voice of God? And the next slide. The voice of the enemy is always one of Limitation. But the voice of the Father is always one of liberation. If you're wondering, how do I measure whether this is the voice of God anymore? Because I am so caught up in these thoughts, in these voices. I wonder, just stop, wait. You know, like it says in Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will rise on wings like eagles. Stop, wait, ask God, is this voice limiting me? Or is it liberating me? And if it limits you in any way, it does not come from him. And the next little sentence that I put together is this. The voice of the enemy is always accusatory. But the voice of the father advocates. May we be a people who fight to listen to the voice of the advocate, to the voice of the liberator, because he is desperate To speak into your hearts, into your situations, into your darkness, into your hopelessness. Voices that question have been voices that have been with our ancestors since the beginning of time. Let's make a stand against them. And how else do we do this? You know... Near where we live in Prize, there's a field called the Pontypris Common. And I go there to pray most days. And there are man-made paths, but um, I love going in my yellow wellies and um, to this little bench. And I love, like, squelching through the grass. And I've done it so many times now that I've created this little path. So I never walk along the little path that everyone else walks around. I call it the cast path. And um, I walk through this path, squelch through it. And there's this little path that has been cultivated. And over the summer, me and I went away for three weeks and I came back. And I couldn't find the path because it had overgrown again. How is that path cultivated? It's cultivated by continuous, repetitive movement from one end of that path to the bench at the other end of it. And I want to suggest, if we want to hear the voice of God, we need to cultivate a well-worn path between our heart, and the voice of the Father. We need to cultivate this continuous. I'm going to walk until I hear the voice of my Father. I'm going to hear it, and I'm going to take it out with me, and I'm going to shine it in my word and apply it to my life. And then... Fear, shame comes again, and, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's killing me. And it's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cultivate that heart, that walk to the voice of the Father. I'm going to establish, what does he say? He doesn't limit, he liberates. He doesn't accuse, he advocates. And I'm going to take that back into my life. And we're creating and cultivating this well-worn path. Rather than allowing the seeds of fear and shame to grow. Voices that question. Or I wonder, are we living under voices that quash? Because this is a narrative that comes throughout Scripture also. We look at many characters, I could have chosen Lords, David, a man after God's own heart. A man defined by God's voice, anointed to be king, but all of his brothers think otherwise. Think of that line. You know, Jesse lines up his sons, and Samuel comes to anoint one of them as king, but he, he's not in the lineup. Have you got another son? Well, he's out in the field. Surely not him. And he comes and is anointed as king. And all of the brothers, they're shouting accusatory words at him, trying to quash this reputation. Surely not him. But David resolved to be defined by the anointing spoken over him, not by the people around him. Even though they were some of the closest people, his brothers, And do you know what's sad in this story? A whole generation was more defined by the voice of the giant than the reality of the voice of God. And we need to step into an agreement with the voice of God that says to the giants in our world, however big they are, I will align myself with a God who is far bigger than any bigger giant. Than any bigger giant. Are we willing? I love that King David, he cultivates this path that says and knows that when the pressure is real, he can push in and the presence will be greater. He can push in, and the pressure will be greater. Voices that quash. Another example. You know, I often hear the voice of God (laughs) most vividly In times where it's really painful and I push in, or actually in times of failure. And I just want to share this little story with you. So, two days a week, I um, work at the Bible College of Wales in Swansea. And uh, last term, I was teaching um, at the school. And uh, this one particular day, it was a Wednesday, so I had to leave early to go and get a Reese And I was teaching. I was in a bit of a rush. And that day, it was a cold day. So I was wearing like a poncho, you know, like a, um, like a top without any arms, you know. So I was wearing a po- There is a point to this. You're probably thinking, what is she talking about? I was wearing a poncho and, as always, a big ring. I love a big ring. So as I was preaching, I was getting so passionate that I was getting hot. So I took the poncho off, and I was getting so passionate. And I think I was actually wearing this ring. This thing started flapping. I was doing my head in, so I took it off. I took my ring off. I put my poncho and my ring on the side. After I'd talked, I thought, I need to go. And I I ran off, and I left those two things behind. Forgot about them. Now the next morning there was a pastor's breakfast that I was leading worship at. And I needed to be at Bible College of Wales for nine AM. And because of morning traffic and I knew I was leading, so I wanted to be there early enough to rehearse with a band and pray and whatever, I left Pontypri at half past six in the morning, right? Even though it only takes an hour. But as I was driving there on the A four six five, there was Roadworks that started that day. After roadworks, there was a mini accident. And then there was this crazy diversion, which took me on some mega crazy route. I don't know where I was, right? This was kind of an hour and a half into the journey. And I was nowhere near Swansea. So, my goodness, there's so many stories about cars. And I'm so sorry. Anyway. So, I ring die, okay? And I'm going to be honest. I was not very Christian. I screamed. I know what it was. I just, I'm not, I'm not ever going to get there in time. I'm so annoyed. And I was like, it's your fault, die. It's your fault. (sighs) And he he was like, where are you? I don't know. I was screaming. I'm not going to lie. I don't swear. But I swore. I was insanely unholy. It was like I saw red. I don't know what was just going on, anyway, I managed to find a route, I arrive at Bible College of Wales at three minutes to nine, okay, I'm leading worship at nine, so I literally, I ride in, park like in some crazy way, get into the thing, stand at the door, and I'm thinking, right, compose yourself, Catherine Ridge, I open the door, and I'm like, there, and Pastor Yang, and Pastor Daphne, who are the heads, the directors of the place, standing by the door, and they're like, Good morning, anointed, Catherine. Anoint, good morning. And I'm thinking, yes, you know, here I am, just shining my halo. And I get, I get to the front, I get to the front. And I'm thinking, oh, gosh, my heart isn't in the right place. I've just shouted at my husband. I've torn him apart, even though these roadworks had nothing to do with him, love his little heart. And I just stood there and there was like about 100 leaders in the room. And we hadn't started yet. And I just thought, Lord, help me. And I came under so much condemnation. Voices, the quash. And it was like the enemy was like, how can you stand up there and do that? How can you, after what you've just... And there was just full condemnation, like just coming down at me. and, uh, And then the next moment... Through a little side door, one of the students from last term, his name's Terry from Singapore. Terry from Singapore. (laughs) But honestly, I'm not making this up. Anyway, he runs in. This is my best Singaporean accent. They sound like they're saying Keith instead of Kath. So they're like, Keith, Keith, Keith. Like oh hi Terry, I'm thinking get out of the way because I'm about to lead worship, um, and uh, he says yesterday, yesterday you left these two. I just want to give it to you. You left your ring and your robe, and I stood there, and I just thought, this is my God. The story of the prodigal son. When he was so far off, he was in the muck. He'd he'd taken all the inheritance. He'd squandered it. He'd done so many bad things. And yet the father is constantly looking. And the moment he sees him coming down the road, despite all of that rubbish, he goes running towards him with a ring and a robe. A ring, a signet ring that says you are beloved, a robe that says you are royalty, a ring that welcomes him back into the family. And I hear the voice of the Spirit say, How great is the love I have lavished upon you, calf. Don't let those voices quash. Yes, repent. Don't come under condemnation because there is no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus step into your calling, not because of anything you've done, but because of all I am in you, Christ in you, Kath, the hope of glory. And I sobbed through that first song as I declared that Jesus's name was powerful because it really is. And if there are voices that have been quashing you, that have put shame on your life, just come and repent, come and realign and see him run to you with a ring and a robe. And finally, this this story in this point, I will wrap it up as soon as I can. Um, The woman with the alabaster jar. Imagine how many voices that quashed her. She comes in like this filthy prostitute. He was in Bethany. He's reclining at the table. And these people, the disciples, they're indignantly saying to one another, why this waste of perfume?" It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and they rebuked her. Has God given you a call that looks so radical and so out of the box? And other people, even other people that maybe you think you should be listening to, but if you know that the Lord has said. And then I just want to go to the next slide because look at this. This is what I love leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand. And then this, truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I love that because it speaks of a God whose voice is eternal, she decided to align herself with the voice of her father rather than the voice of the people who were rebuking her. And as she stands and as she sits, that moment goes throughout history. And we are here in Abergavenny, October the 21st, 2019, and we are smelling the fragrance of that offering because she aligned herself with the eternal words of her father rather than words that would make her comfortable or words that would make her look good in the world's eyes. Let's not settle for voices that question or voices that quash. And this is the final point, guys. This is the voice that we need to listen to. Go to the next slide. Sorry, on the next one. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father The sheep hear my voice and know my voice. They listen to my voice and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. I want to show you a really short video that I think sums this up perfectly. One more time. (laughs) I'm <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I think that's amazing Are we going to be like those sheep Who when other voices try and call our name We don't budge Until we hear Until we hear the voice of a God Who calls us by name And that's the thing If we go to the next slide This is a God Who calls us by name We need to step out of listening to the voices that question, out of listening to the voices that quash, and hone in on the voice that calls your name this morning. Look at these scriptures. These are just some I've picked out. Fear not, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come. Behold, I have engraved your name on the palm of my hands. You are continuously before me, and I could go on. He doesn't just call us by name, he calls you by name. It's not generalized. He knows you intimately and radically. He knows the voices you have been listening to. And he wants to come. And he wants you to hear your name this morning, called by him, to step into an alignment where you are defined by the voice of God. I believe that this morning he wants you to remember who you are. And the only way we can remember who we are is when we look and remember who he is. And I'm going to show one tiny little clip before I sum this all up from my favorite Disney clip in The Lion King that I think shows what this looks like brilliantly. That's not my father. It's just my reflection. No. Look hard. You see, he lives in you. And the way we remember who we are is by aligning our hearts. By waiting on him and finding his face. And finding his gaze. And finding his heart. Because when we recognize who he is, we recognize afresh who we are sons and daughters not orphans you know in scripture there's a disciple called Peter and he denies Jesus three times but before he denies Jesus three times even though the sovereign Lord would know that that was what was going to happen the Lord calls him out as rock And says, on you, I will build my church. Even though he knew God would have known what was to come. Because Peter's name isn't wrought in anything other than the promise of God over his life. Or if you go to the garden in Gethsemane, where there's Mary doesn't recognize who the gardener is. She is taken over by grief that this saviour who has accepted her is dead. And the gardener comes. She doesn't recognize him by looking at him. She recognizes him at the moment he calls her name. I wonder whether that was because up until that point for so many years, all she would have heard are labels being thrown at her prostitute, filthy. But when the voice of the one who created her and who gave her that name called out her name, Mary, something jumped inside of her. She remembered who she was as she remembered who he was. And this morning, I want to say to you, if you have been followed, pursued by a voice of fear or shame, let's draw a line in the sand this morning. Because God calls you by name. I believe this morning he wants to give some new names by his Holy Spirit. He says he does that in scripture. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask Rob to come out here. And we've just, and if you put them just on the floor here, I've got a bin. And I've got pieces of paper and I've got pens. And as we sing this next song, we're going to take a few moments just to wait on the Lord. And I want you to take a piece of A4 paper and a pen, and here at the front, I want you to rip that piece of paper in half. And on one piece of the paper, write out a name or a label or something, or if it's a voice of fear or shame, write that. And I want you to rip it up and whack it in the bin. And on the other piece of paper, I want you to write either your name and that you would ask the Lord that you would share it afresh said by the creator who gave it to you in the first place or maybe it's a new name or maybe it's a word that replaces an old label because God is in the business of destroying fear and shame and bringing about our new identity as daughters and sons Where we remember who we are, where we receive a ring and a robe instead of condemnation. Would you stand with me? Would you put out your hand if you are able and willing? Papa, I thank you that you are a God who calls us by your name. That our names are written on the palms of your hand, Lord God, and you pursue us with mercy and goodness every single day. We are so aware that there are voices who try and come in to question and to quash, and we don't want to stand for it anymore, Lord. We want to agree afresh this morning with the voice of a father who calls us his children, with the voice of the Spirit who will comfort us, and with the voice of the Son who continuously raises up a banner of liberation and advocacy over us. Lord, would you come this morning and would you, by your Spirit, minister to us, and help us remember who we are. We send fear and shame back to the pit of hell where it comes from. And we rise up with a sound of victory in this place as we sang earlier, Hallelujah, our God reigns. And this morning by your spirit, Lord, would you recycle the ashes into beauty, Would you recycle hopelessness into hope? Would you recycle our despair into joy, Papa? That we would walk out of here this morning with our new name, with the name that you called us rather than labels that have labelled us failure, not good enough, ugly, depressed. All of these names, Lord God, that are not from you, Papa. So right now, ask the Holy Spirit where you are standing. What voices, what lies have you been agreeing with far too much? And now, Holy Spirit, we ask you, what name do you want us to go out of here hearing today? We're just going to make a declaration all at the same time. I agree that I am dot, dot, dot. That could be your name. That could be a new name. It could be a word that the Lord has given you to replace a lie. Let's do it together. Let's declare it. I agree that I am Joy. Agree with the voice of liberation. Agree with the voice of the advocate this morning. That this would be the end to questioning and quashing a new day, a new way. Just before I invite you up, I want to tell you this one quick story there are some of you who are thinking, how can I listen to this voice, Kath, when I have been perpetually battling with maybe it's a promise that hasn't come to pass, maybe it's a voice of fear that has just overtaken you. I want to just tell you a little story from my life that I'm passionate about sharing right now, and I've only been able to share in the past 18 months or so because it was so painful. Me and my husband, we really want children. And up until now, we haven't been able to. And um, we really had an amazing moment where we felt like God has promised us a son. And there are moments, I'm 34 now, as I see more and more of my beautiful friends have children, where I think, I'm so tempted to align myself with voices that would say, I'm getting too old, or this isn't going to happen for me, and The enemy challenged, God challenged me and my husband to every day create a space. And so every Friday morning, we now get up and we meet at the piano before we go off to church, to work, and we sing. If faith can move the mountains, let the mountains move. We come with expectation. I'm waiting here for you. And what the Lord showed me was: cast, don't let the weight, W A I T, become a weight. W-E-I-G-H-T. And I am saying to you this morning, if you wait on the Lord, you will gain strength, even in the waiting. I want you to go out of here holding on to that promise anew, holding on to your name, letting go of the labels. So as the band sing this song, would you come? The old name, label, whatever, on top. Throw it in the bin. Tear it up. It's gone. He died so that that could be abolished. And on the bottom piece, a new name, your name, a new identity that is wrought in the promise of a cross, in blood that makes you new every day. And put that somewhere where you can keep it. Let's go. sing, come forward, let's do this.